Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the magical mystery tour called Life, Matthew DBI's. Tonight's guest is science fiction author S. Evan Townsend. Evan has been called, and I quote, America's unique speculative fiction voice and writes novels that causes thrills and rapid page turning. Evan hails from the Pacific Northwest and served four years in the Army in the intelligence field. After ending his military service, he got a BS from the University of Washington in Forest Resources. He presently enjoys life in Washington State with his wife, three sons, and his grandson. Evan has published 16 books since 2010. His latest work is Death to the Emperor, which was released last December. Evan, welcome to the show. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Would you please tell our listeners, what, tell us, what is your book Death to the Emperor about? Please tell us the plot line. Um, Death of the Emperor was an interesting book. It's actually the seventh book in a uh, series. Actually, it's two different series, and this one kind of wraps up both of them. And the, my hero, Titus Chumba, becomes involved in a plot to kill the most powerful man in the galaxy, the Emperor of the Core Empire. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how he's going to do that because how do you kill, you know, somebody who's more powerful than, say, our president. And then he figures out a way to do it. And he has to find these fears that if you combine them right, that you go anywhere you've ever been before in your life. And so a lot of the uh, stories about trying to find these fears are spread out through the galaxy. And uh, I'll let the reader find out if he succeeds or not. Now, what, Evan, what led you to write about science fiction? What what led you to explore that genre as a writer? Mostly uh, when I was eight, nine, a little later than that, I watched Star Trek. Mm. <laughs> you know, Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Bones. Um, I watched Star Trek when it first came out. That's my big brother and sister would let me have the television. Um, and then when I was in junior high and high school, my local television station showed Star Trek reruns in the afternoon about about the time I got home from school. So I'd come home, then it is Monday through Friday, so I'd come home and watch Star Trek, and I watched every episode probably five times during that that uh, that period. And I've always liked science fiction, and that's probably why, um, as long as I can remember, I liked science fiction. Um, I like the adventure of it. I like I like that I can read a science fiction book written by somebody who's brilliant, and there's a lot of them out there, and I'll learn something. I'll go, wow, I didn't know that. Mm. You know, something scientific or cultural or or uh, psychological. Um, that's that's all what I hope to do in my books. I don't know if I accomplish that, but mostly I like just the uh, the uh, Buck Rogers, let's go out and face the aliens fun of it. Okay. Evan, when you create your characters, are, are there any autobiographical elements that you inject into your uh, uh, characters in your novels? I mean, how much of yourself do you project into into your prose when you write? Um, I, I try to avoid self-insertion as much as I can because it's, it's something that's easy to do, in my opinion. You know, hey, this character is a great guy like me. Um, and I definitely try not to make my characters Mary Sue's, um, but some of my characters and I share flaws. For example, my novel Hammer of Four, the uh, main character, um, 
is a sucker for a pretty face. And I always been a sucker for a pretty face. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's some flaws we share. And then, uh, uh, Dots of Strife and Book of Death has the same main character, a lead character. Um, he's, he's, he's shy and not very assertive, even though he has magical powers. And I'm shy and not very assertive, even though I have the power to write books. Yeah. Now, Evan, some I noticed this while going through your bibliography. Some of your books kind of deal with alternate history. Like in one of them, this is what intrigued me. You actually have the late Joseph Kennedy Jr. surviving World War II and being elected president of the United States instead of his younger brother, John F. Kennedy. Is counterfactual history like a favorite pursuit of yours in your off hours? No, not really, to be honest with you. Um, those are my fantasy novels, my... Uh five fantasy novels and what I do is I insert little bits of wrong history as, as a way to say to the reader, this is not our world, this is not our universe, this is something totally different. And by the way, John F. Kennedy got himself killed driving his PT boat in front of a Jap destroyer is one of the, uh, ooh, that's a bad word these days, but as one of my characters says in 1962 and when you wouldn't get canceled for that, um, the quote from the book. And uh, John F. Kennedy jumped out of the airplane before it blew up. And that's when uh, Pearl Harbor is on December 6th, on December 7th. The Vermont blows up in Cuba Harbor, not the Maine. Uh, I can't <laughs> think of any others. But I, I just throw these little wrong things about um, history. And, and it's just a trick I do to tell the reader, you know, this is not our world. This is a different universe. Okay. Now, Evan, please tell our listeners, I noticed you have a recurring hero in three of your books, a man named Rick Bailey. Please tell us about this character, Rick Bailey. Actually, he's in seven books. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Rick Bailey uh, was born in Africa in about 3,000 years from now, and he uh, joins the Corps Empire Intelligence Corps, which is basically like an uh, armed the CIA um, and he spends the first three novels he's in are um, Smugglers on Mars, Three Species War, and the Eurorican Spheres, Spheres. And those are his adventures during the, while he's working for the Emperor they later tries to kill. And then he defects from the, or deserts really, the, the core empire and runs off to some backwater planet, sets up a uh, private detective agency and calls himself Rick, ba Rick Bailey. And Rick Bailey has sort of a interesting, I, I, I kind of based him on Sam Spade and all those 1930 detectives uh, novels and movies. Um, he's, he's got a sardonic, sardonic sense of humor, um, he, he thinks everything's going to be okay, but he knows that he's going to have to work hard to make it that way. And um, so he's got a long, interesting history. Now, tell us about your trilogy, The Chumba of the Intelligence Corps. Yeah, that's the first three books that Rick Bailey's in. Okay. I mentioned Chumba of the Intelligence Corps. This is when Titus Chumba worked for the Corps Empire Intelligence Corps, and that's C-O-R-P-S. And, you know, like the Marine Corps. Yeah. And in the first book, Smugglers of Mars, he's sent to Mars 
somebody smuggling water, and in space, water is precious. And so he has to find out who's smuggling water, and he finds an entire conspiracy with the evil Malbakian Republic, well, evil in his mind, <laughs> that um, could start a war. Start during the, the Cold War between the Gore Empire and the Malbakian Republic, hot. And then in the Three Species War, that war starts. And another species comes in called the roaches, which are basically eight-foot-tall ladybugs, blue-green ladybugs. And then the, you, you know, I, I made this word up. I shouldn't have pronounced it. You're working in spheres. Um, he finds that there are these seers gathered across the uh, galaxy, or spread across the galaxy. If you gather them together, they will let you travel in time and space. And if you get too many of them together, bad things happen. And they get too many things of them, too many of them together, and bad things happen. Wow. And that's what that book's about. Now, Evan, again, going through your bibliography, I was intrigued by one of your books, the plot for your book, To End All Wars, about a 6,000-year-old soldier and I'm curious, fighting in World War I. I'm kind of curious, what, ca what causes his immortality, Evan? Well, that's, that's, a, that's a, in my fantasy world, the same fantasy world as... Um, you know, you know, I wrote these books, I think I remember the name. Um, Tamara Thor, Agent of Artifice, Book of Death, um, Gods of Strife. And he's actually in Gods of Strife. And he's a Greek god, and therefore immortal, because, oh, he's a god. And, and he's actually Hermes, the Greek god. And he's described as being redheaded and freckled. That's, that's because when I was a younger man, I had flaming red hair, and I still have freckles. Now I have white hair getting pretty thin. That's because I thought a Greek god with red hair and freckles was pretty funny. Um, but he, if, if you're, and, and this end all wars is, is actually not a novel, it's a short story. Mm. And it's, but he travels <clears throat> to Thermopylae, the Alamo, World War One, um, fighting off a Viking horde, and it, it sort of all ties together that he's trying to stop war and he can't do it because war is just universal among humans at least and that it, it uh, ends up being his final battle against wars in the book gods of strife wow evan where were you born and raised um i was born in southeast idona small town called Blackfoot. And um, when I was 18, I moved to Washington because my parents were moving there. My dad lost his job and he found a job in, in uh, Washington state. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when I was in the military, I lived in Texas and California, um, two places I didn't really enjoy. <laughs> Texas was flat and dry and had tornadoes every three days. <laughs> And in California, even though I've lived in Seattle, California was, and I enjoyed Seattle, California was just too dang crowded. Yeah. Too many people everywhere you go, there's tons of people. Yeah. Evan, whenever I interview an author, I always love to ask the standard question. When you were growing up, who were your favorite authors that you loved to read? 
And of those favorite authors, did any of them light the spark inside of you to become an author or perhaps maybe influence your writing style? Uh, yeah, growing up, I, I, I read everything by Isaac Asimov I could get my hands on, um, which in Blackford, Idaho, was a lot. And then we didn't have mail order, or probably had mail order, but I didn't know about it. Um, but we didn't have Amazon or anything like that. If you, you found that I used to be, my wife said I, I was had a magnet for bookstores. We walked by a bookstore and I'd go in no matter what. And I had straight from the science fiction center and science fiction section and and I'd look through there and see if there was anybody I wanted to read. Excuse me again. So I read Isaac Gosmoff later. I discovered Robert Heinlein and he's been a big influence on my writing. Um, I, I, I try to write. As well as he, I don't, but I tried. I, I read, he wrote somewhere that he writes a first draft, then he takes it and cuts out the stuff he doesn't think needs to be in there and sends it to the publisher. <laughs> I'm like, that, that's amazing. I have to write 10 first drafts. Um, later, I, I, I found Larry Niven. I loved his early stuff, Ring World and Tales of Known Space and um, the, the Smoke Ring and the uh, Integral Trees were, were great, really imaginative novels, um, and he's a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> Which, so he, he was that thing where I could read something and learn while I was reading something fun, and uh, and I used I needed to read uh, Ray Bradbury, but as somebody once said, so many books, so little time. I'm still digging through Paul Anderson's work because there's just too many books out there. Oh, you're in a pause because I love Paul Anders. I have all of his Time Patrol books. Oh, wow. Oh, I love yeah, Time I, Patrol. Oh, yeah. I wish someone should have made a series out of that, but they never did it justice. But I always loved his Time Patrol thing. I wish I could have been a member yeah. of the Time Patrol. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I could, yeah, that, and those books are exactly what I love about science, science fiction is the adventure. Yeah. I mean, their characters, they go back in time. And then they get in trouble. Yeah. It's fun. But yeah. preserving history, though, or preventing counterfactual history or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, now, in your writing process, do you, I know some writers, they like, that, like, uh, I know one female author, she, her daughter does the editing of her work. Does your wife help with the editing process, or you do that all by yourself, or do you have an, an editor who helps you out? Well, yes. <laughs> all of them. Um, my wife proofreads my, my books, um, and then uh, I have a friend who's a really good proofreader who also proofreads them for me, and she lives in Canada, um, so thank, thank heaven for email. Yep. And so what happens is I, I write the book, and then she proofreads it, and then she reads it to me out loud. Ooh. And I just sit there with my eyes closed, Ooh. and that way I can out hear a sentence or a paragraph or something that I go, oh, I could have written that better. Mm. And, and so I'll tell her how to rewrite it. Or I'll tell her to mark it and I'll fix the lace or something. And, and she uses words so she can track changes. This is all great. And and then she sends that back to me and I go through it. And then I send it to my friend who proofreads it. And then, like for myself, I read a book. I, I hired an editor for all of them. Do a proofread and a uh, a line edit, and then uh, for my 
published books, obviously the publisher is going to edit them. Okay. By conventionally published books, I should say. Okay. The, 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 the publication company is going to edit them. So I don't do as much work on those. I don't have to pay anything. That's it. Yay. Okay. <laughs> so all your books are conventionally published. Nothing is self-published, correct? No, no, no. There, there are seven self-published books. Oh, okay. Please tell our listeners. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. All the Titus Juma and Rick Bailey books are, uh, are self-published. Okay. Please, Evan, please tell our listeners, where can people find your books? Well, the best place to find my books is my website, which is seventhousand.com. No spaces. Just seventhousand.com. In fact, all my social media, all my social media, all my stuff is seventhousand.com. Twitter.com is uh, S7 Townsend. Um, Instagram is S7 Townsend. You like cats? Um, Facebook is S7 Townsend. Facebook.com slash S7 Townsend. But my website, my website can lead you to all of those too. I have a blog at blog.s7townsend.com. So yeah, if you can spell my name um, and, and don't spell it seven because that's not how it's spelled. It's S7. <laughs> Okay. Well done that. Um, that's where you can find me. Okay. Are any of your books available in stores? No. Okay. So you got to go online to get them, correct? Yeah, you're right. They're on Amazon. Okay. Um, the ones that I didn't self-publish, the ones that were traditionally published, are in other places other than Amazon. They're at Barnes and Noble and Smashwords. And I think they're at Apple, Apple Books, and all sorts of places. Evan, have you ever been have you ever been approached to convert any of your books into like a motion picture or like a telemovie? Have has anyone ever tried to reach out to you on that? Oh my gosh, I wish. <laughs> have you ever tried to hawk no. your ideas, you know, to like some you know a, a movie company or anything like that? Ever tried to hawk your stuff? I've actually I, I turned um uh, Hammer of Thor into a screenplay. Um, I had to do a lot of research on how you write screenplays because the specific way you write screenplays or no one will read it. You know, the margins have to be so much and everything has to be in the right place. Yeah. So if you want to write a screenplay, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Um, I turned that into a screenplay. A friend of mine said she knew someone who was interested in screenplays and I don't know if he was or crap or or what happened but nothing went from there yeah but no yeah. one has approached me and I've, I've i i i haven't really tried to like get an agent or anything um for screenplays or motion pictures or television or anything like that haven't reached out to like an indie director an indie producer anything like that nothing like that oh that's a good idea <laughs> no i haven't done that Maybe you ought to try, you know, something like an indie guy, you know, some type of indie, you know, not a big wig, but like some indie type right. film or something like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just a That's thought. A good idea. Yeah. I thought of that. Yeah. You know, um, Evan, what will be your next book project? But when what what will be your next book project, and when can we expect its release? Okay, my my next book coming out is Annihilation from Above, and it's it's being traditionally published. And my publisher has not given me a publication date yet, but I'm hoping uh, May or June. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping, probably probably June. And um, Annihilation from Above, uh, asteroids are being mined near Earth 
asteroids are being mined by robots. Yeah. But somebody uh, hijacks one and aims at a major world city. Um, and NASA's like, can we stop it? Well, not maybe. And the race is on to stop it from hitting a city and killing 30 million people. Evan, I was curious. When you're not writing books, what what was your usual day job? What did you do for a living? Well, before I, I semi-retired to write, I was a uh, uh, a chemical engineer. Ooh. I owned a small uh, business here in Washington, co-owned, I should say. I wasn't the only only owner, and I worked there um, a lot, <laughs> a lot of hours. And because we when you own a business, you you have to you know to do that and I would write when I got time weekends evenings um drove my wife nuts she's like you're never around well I'm writing <laughs> um I'm working and then I'm writing and um when I went to the University of Washington I got a BS in forest resources and that was actually for the pulpit paper industry so um I worked in in the pulpit paper industry for 20 years, and then I semi-retired and started writing. I also write freelance for local magazines Ooh. and publications. I mean, fiction or, or just uh, 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 no. No, no, just think pieces or whatever? No, uh, I interview people and write their stories mostly. Ooh, wow. All right. Yeah. It's, it's sort of my two loves. I learn, I get to learn things by interviewing people that I get to write about. <laughs> I love to learn and I love to write. <laughs> Evan, if you don't mind me asking, uh, now you're in the military intelligence field. Are you at liberty to discuss what you did or no? You'd rather keep that to yourself. Um, I was trained Korean. I spent a year at the department, what is it called? The French Language Institute in Monterey, California, which was a beautiful place. Um, and I studied Korean there for a year. And then I... Uh, Went to Fort Ord, California for two years <laughs> um, to wash trucks and do things like that. But the, what I was trained to do was, uh, how can I put this? I, I was trained to listen to Korean communications, mm. North Korean communications. Okay. And, and, and write down what they say. Okay, basically signals intelligence then? You got it, yeah, signals. Okay. Well, Evan, I want to thank you so much for appearing on the show. And Evan, keep me posted when your next books come out. I want I, you're always welcome on the show if you like to come back. Right. Oh, I'd love to come back when uh, Annihilation from Above comes out. Whenever that is. Okay. You, you let me know. Keep me posted. Okay. And well, I'll fill I'll fill you. In fact, I might even have an idea for a, a novel for you to write. I, I when we when we get off the air, you know, I got an idea for you. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I got my pen and paper right here. Well, let me let me sign off the show and then I'll call you right back. Okay. 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 You take care. Bye bye. Bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show where I will interview sports author David Finoli. Thank you and good night. <laughs>